Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new year of the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own local program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. There is good news for electric vehicle owners in Belmont. Star Market in Waverly Square has installed two electric vehicle charging stations where you can fill up your car for free. The EV charging stations were installed this summer and they are currently operational. On September 9th, along with Belmont Light, the Belmont Water Division transfers its billing and payments to its new smart meters. Belmont Water began installing its smart meters in January of this year. Through the smart meter program, Belmont Water provides Belmont residents a new way to control their water consumption along with new ways to pay their bills. Belmont Light has picked September 9th as the day that we go uh, and improve the way people can pay their uh, bills. It's September 9th, not only is the, um, the way that you pay, but you'll also be able to see your daily consumption. Uh, you'll be able to go on your account, uh, create a password, and look at your consumption, set up the parameters for limits, and um, you know it's, a, it's, it's, it's awesome. The change between what we have and going to a smart meter is the way that we gather the consumption data. Before we went to smart meters, someone had to physically drive around town to every street and wake up the meter with a collector in the vehicle and uh, get the quarterly consumption. A smart meter allows us to see daily consumption of each meter and it comes electronically where we don't need someone to drive around anymore. One of the benefits of the smart meter is your ability to set parameters for your own consumption. So um, you could get uh, set alerts uh, on limits, um, uh, steady flow while you're away at work, and uh, you'll get an alert if the water is you know, constantly running for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever you want to set it at. You can, you can then, if you get the alert, you can either call the water division or you can call a neighbor or, or someone at home or what have you and investigate that right away instead of coming home and finding a kitchen sink left over you have a flood. If a resident or a business um, has any questions about the smart meters of any kind of nature, I mean, most certainly they can call myself, uh, Jerry Daigle is my operations manager. Um, they can call Belmont Light if they have any questions about billing. There's always going to be questions or concerns um, from residents and uh, most certainly you know, we'll do our best to uh, answer those questions and concerns. Before we talk with Joanna Juvelis about the first day of school, we look at how even though the first day of school is exciting for the students, for some limited income Belmont residents, the new school year imposes substantial stress due to the high cost of purchasing school supplies. This year, the Belmont Village Tenants Association completed its first backpack distribution program 
through which it collected backpacks and school supplies for 17 kids in the Belmont Village. The Belmont Media Center was there. The backpack program uh, is one of the initiatives of the Belmont uh, Village Tenant Association. It was actually spearheaded by our treasurer, Courtney Morton. And um, what that is, is every year at school time, we're given a list and we run out and we spend hundreds of dollars on school supplies, papers, pens, calculators, all the backpacks, everything you need for school. And if you have, especially if you have multiple children, it can get very expensive if they're in different schools, the higher the grade. Courtney did a wonderful job reaching out to the community and we were able to get backpacks filled with papers and rulers and backpacks and back to school supplies for 17 children here at the Belmont Village Tenant Association. This, the backpacks are for all grades. We had sent out notifications to all the parents here at the village asking them to sign up and we gave them a deadline and when they signed up it depended on the grades of the children but it does end up representing every grade so first grade up through uh, the senior in high school and then a freshman in college the kids are all split through the schools they're not so I mean aside from going to Belmont High and then going to um, the middle, middle school we they are split between um, Wellington and Butler so we have all those grades in all those different schools it really was very collaborative in nature how this whole how we got the supplies that we received by Courtney going out to the school and reaching out to them and asking for the supply lists if people don't need a two-inch binder they need a one-inch binder then we don't want to give the kids two-inch binders if they don't need them we also put flyers on everyone's door and had them sign a little form at the end and just tell us the kids favorite color try to get you know make it a little bit more personalized so you don't get like 17 lime green backpacks we wanted to get get some kind of you know do you like pink do you like blue do you like black do you have gray and then we kind of geared it towards their ages so you know a senior doesn't get my little pony backpack uh, we would absolutely do another backpack drive um, kids you know every year this this is going to happen for the 13 years of a child's life that they're going to have to keep going back to school and coming up with these school supplies so just to help out our neighbors and everything when we can in our community hello welcome to this week in the belmont citizen herald we have with us today joanna juvelis who is the senior multimedia journalist for the citizen herald belmont's online and print source of local news welcome back for a new year joanna thank you roger now, due to the new construction of the, the new middle and high school, there are new traffic patterns at the school, and we're at the beginning of the new year, and those are important now. That's right. Can so you bring us up to date? I sure can. September 4th, first day of school, there is a new drop-off pickup pattern that went into effect. Cars are only able to enter the campus uh, through one driveway, which will lead right up to the to the new temporary front entrance where there's a new crosswalk that was built and there's one way out of the high school now. It is, it is a brand new exit from the parking lot that leads to Trowbridge. It winds around Hittinger Field and leads to Trowbridge. So you can either take a left onto Hittinger or go straight onto Trowbridge. And people really need to, to be careful. Well, I suppose people follow the traffic uh, and drop off and, and pick up, but the signage 
is not yet really good. Right. I was told it's just temporary signage directing people because there was a lot of confusion on the first day. I observed this. There was a lot of staff in place, a lot of police, a lot of administrators directing traffic because people weren't quite sure where to go. The sign really wasn't big enough showing where drop off the drop-off line started. But once people got the hang of it, uh, there was definitely a, a queue of cars that backed up onto Underwood, onto Concord, Hittinger, onto Brighton. Because what's happening, Roger, is a lot of parents are dropping their students off right at the door. For whatever reason, they're not walking to school, they're not biking to school, they're not taking the bus. Only 100 students out of 1,329 are registered to take the bus to the high school. I did observe a lot of walkers and bikers, I will say that. And there are new uh, mm-hmm. infrastructure uh, for are, walkers and bikers great. too, right? Yes, there's a brand new walking, shared walking bike path that was built along Clay Pit Pond and you access it from Concord Avenue at Orchard, which is great. So parents, if you want to drop your student off, if they're not walking all the way to school or biking all the way to school, you can drop them off on Concord Ave or nearby, and they can cross Concord Ave if they're on the opposite side, and just go right onto that path and safely get to school. And let's go back to something you mentioned a a moment ago. Uh, The schools are encouraging parents that they, they don't have to drive all the way to the school. They don't. If, if they're they going don't. to drive their kids, they can drive their kids and drop them right. a few blocks right. away from the school, and that really would help. Yes, then you can avoid getting stuck in the queue. The queue is the long line of cars, and it's about a 12-minute you know, long period of time. starts about 745. That's the, the big rush hour. And um, there's also a shared bike walking path on Underwood Street now that is almost done. It's still a little bit under construction, but that will be done very soon, and a brand new sidewalk on Hittinger. So there's a lot of safe places where you can drop your student off, and they can walk the rest of the way. And there are no tennis courts, so there are additional parking spaces. Yes, so seniors love that. I I definitely observed a lot of seniors driving to school and parking their cars at school, and there's plenty of parking for seniors now. That's great. Well, thanks for bringing us up to date. We will as a community, learn how to use the new entrance and uh, exit to the the new school. We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald. Like all other Belmont students, Belmont High cheerleaders are back in school this week. BMC's Joanna Juvelis sat down with the Belmont High cheerleaders to talk to them about their sport. They explain to Joanna what their sport entails and the training that they pursue in order to participate. Step back, it's time for you last. The rocks are being so lucky. Pop your feet, keep it going. Don't you stop? The root magic will take you to the top. We're a really hardworking team, like um we're really, really close and we support each other. Always staying positive at practice, bumping each other up. I'd say that we're more than what you see on Friday nights. There's more to us than just pom-poms. There's a lot of hard work that goes into this, um, and it brings us really close together as a family. Yeah, I really hope that we motivate everybody because that's our goal. Like We really like to hype everybody up and get everybody ready for the game. B-H-S, the best. 
we are now a sport. I don't consider, and the girls don't consider themselves anything other than an athlete. They work very hard to become a cheerleader. They have already been in stunt clinics at an all-star gym. They have done uh, choreography. We uh, are meeting every day, as you see here. They are um, constantly conditioning uh, before practices, after practices. We have two teams. We have a game, uh, game day um, team and a varsity team. They're both varsity, but they're different techniques. Game day is more of a... Um, you know bring on the crowd but it's a routine and um, varsity is you know about stunting and tumbling. Well I think cheerleaders are important in sports because they bring in the crowd and you know if you're on a basketball team a football team whatever type of team and you're hearing even the crowd you know rally up and start cheering for you you do better at, at that sport. We work as hard as other sports teams. I think a lot of people don't realize how hard cheerleaders actually work because the only time they really see us is at games when we're just doing cheers. But they don't see like the behind the scenes, the stunting, what we do to get ready for comp. They don't see any of that. So I want to have a fun season, but I also want to make it far. We haven't had much luck recently with competitions. I, was, I really hope we can go to States. <laughs> Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, who is the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Franklin, we're off on a new year, and the middle and high school project is over budget, and you're, you're on this story. Yes, uh, it, it, uh, after only about two months of work, uh, the uh, it, is, it was determined just before, um, um, about four weeks ago, three weeks ago, that uh, the project was $19 million uh, in the red. And, um, and uh, it was a, a surprise for everybody, to say the least. Uh, before we get into how uh, the town will respond to that, is it unusual to be over budget? No, it's not. For a commercial uh, a building of this size, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty normal. It's a, little, it's, it's a little high in terms of the, uh, the, uh, over, uh, the overage that it is right now. Uh, and there's two reasons for it. Um, and it was explained by um, um, uh, the, uh, the builder, the uh, Skanska and uh, Perkins & Will, uh, our design uh, corp. It basically is two things. One is, uh, it's called, um, uh, scope creep, and that's basically, you know, you find out that it's going to cost you more to do anything. It's uh, 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 the perfect example is uh, there's a lot of dirt on the uh, field and it has to be uh, sent away. And it turned out there were just there's just a lot more dirt than we thought, so <laughs> it's going to be a lot more expense. And the other thing is just uh, escalation of costs. You know, this is a very hot market. And um, just, it, it just turned out that, that a lot of the things that you bought up front, and there's a lot that, that, that was bought uh, recently, uh, is just more expensive. And uh, so um, uh, a decision was made to basically, as you know, the, the first rule of holes is that if you find yourself in one, stop digging. <laughs> so what they decided to do is, is, is to go through a, a value engineering process. And we've gone through that pr process before with this. It happened uh, in the spring. But at that time, and I think even uh, Bill Vallo, uh, who is the head of the uh, 
um, uh, of the building committee said that wasn't a very good process because it really got, I don't want to say hijacked, but it got pushed, uh, it became more of a referendum on energy and energy, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. that's what it became. On whether the solar panels will that's, stay or go. That's right, and that became the most important thing, and then and basically it just kind of, everything veered towards that. Now what's going to happen is um, uh, the building committee is now going to allow Perkins and Wills, who is a designer, Skanska, uh, the uh, builder, and, um, and uh, Dilius, who is our project manager, to come up with um, a range of cost savings for a, a number of areas, such as the exterior and the interior and, and, and structure and things like that. Are there options that are expected to be at the top of the list? You bet. Exterior, exterior and interiors are, are some where you can get your really big items. And that's what they said they want to do. They don't want to go through a line item by line item and taking $100 here, $1,000 here. They're looking for at, at half a million, million dollar savings. So that's going to be things like um, lighting. Lighting is a perfect example. They uh, they said they found out that you could have just as much lighting, but have a have a uh, more less expensive design, and that can go throughout the school. And that's where you can come up with a, uh, um, uh, some savings. You can have savings on just uh, uh, ceilings. You know, you can't see the ceilings basically, but it's they will have acoustic um, tiles. That's just going to be as much uh, uh, effective as anything else. Now. Some of the things that they've brought forward are, have, of course, been um, uh, some uh, has been um, denied. Basically, the, the 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 committee has stated that we really don't want to uh, make some sacrifices. One would be, and this seems like a perfect example, um, tiles in the bathrooms. You know, they were thinking maybe having tiles to a certain level or using a certain paint rather than because tiles is very expensive. Turns out that when you talk to principals and <laughs> you talk to people who have to do the actual work, tiles is the, really the only way to have a bathroom when you're having 2,200 kids using the bathroom yep. every day. Yep. So you, if tiles will have to stay. So uh, you will come back to us when decisions have been made. That's right. That's great. We've been speaking with Franklin Tucker about the value engineering in the new middle and high school. Belmont Cub Scouts and Girl Scouts are kicking off the new school year with their annual soda bottle rocket launch on Sunday, September 8th from 2 to 4 at the Chenery Middle School field. David Emilio, scout leader of PAC 377, provides us the information. My name is David E. Mello, and I am the committee chair for PAC 377 in Belmont. And every year we have our annual soda bottle rocket launch at the Chenery Middle School field. And it's open to everyone in first to fifth grade, including siblings. It's a lot of fun. We start with soda bottles that are empty and clean. We have plenty of materials to decorate them. And we end up with soda bottles something like this. This actually won uh, a competition. Um, but the kids come and they have a great time. They get filled with uh, water. We bring water and we have our launchers and the kids use bicycle pumps. Once the bottle is on the end of the launcher, they use bikes, bicycle pumps, 
and fill them up with air and we have our trigger that sends the bottle flying. It's a lot of fun and we hope everybody comes out and participates. We invite uh, boys and girls in first to fifth grade to uh, enjoy our afternoon and they can consider signing up for pack 377, pack 384 or the Girl Scout troop in town. Welcome, come one, come all. Here's BMC's Jane Peters to tell us about all there is to do in Belmont in the coming week on Community Calendar. Hi, I'm Jane and this is your Community Calendar for next week. The Beach Street Center hosts its first bocce and burgers event on Tuesday at 4. Play bocce or cornhole with Belmont Police and Fire Departments. Enjoy hot dogs, hamburgers, and desserts. If you don't know how to play, you can join the center's bocce group on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 9.30 to get into the game. On Thursday at 7, the Tom Newley Big Band featuring vocalist Jim Bermonti will present an evening of swing and big band music from the 1930s and 40s at the Beach Street Center. The Tom Noodley Big Band is a 13-piece instrumental ensemble, and Bermonti is a talented vocalist and local Belmont businessman. Don't forget your toe-tapping shoes. Proceeds from the concert will support the Senior Center's programs and services. Author Jonathan M. Hansen will be at the library on Thursday to discuss his book Young Castro and its implications for our understanding of the history of U.S.-Cuban relations going back centuries and of U.S.-Latin American relations today. This talk will take place from 7 to 8.30 in the assembly room. The Belmont Library is featuring quilts by artist Augusta Augustason in conjunction with their show Impact Climate Change through October 23rd. The quilts are about climate change under the name Plastic Sea Changing Earth. A reception for the artist will be on Saturday from 2 to 4 in the assembly room. And a reception for the gallery's Impact Climate Change show is being held on Sunday from 1 to 3. This timely and powerful juried exhibit features contemporary tapestries by over two dozen tapestry artists from Tapestry Weavers in New England and Tapestry Weavers West who use their work to address climate change and the destruction happening to our planet. After being showcased at the gallery through October 13th, the exhibit will move on to San Francisco. To celebrate the recent release of local author Rajani LaRocca's debut middle school novel Midsummer's Mayhem, Belmont Books is hosting a kids baking contest on Sunday at 1. Kids up to age 14 are invited to bring in any sweet baked good, excluding bread. Only 20 entries will be allowed. You can sign up with a bookseller in store. Belmont Recreation and Belmont Community Education have released their 2019-2020 Fall and Winter Programs brochure. Visit belmont-ma.gov recreation to find the full list of children, teen, and adult programming available, including several programs being offered by the Media Center. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your info to jane at belmontmedia.org. Three Belmont graduates recently began production on a new web-based web miniseries called When Night Stands Fast. BMC spoke with the former Belmont students as they began their production here in town. Last year we did this feature-length film called Bostrom uh, that uh, was released on Amazon Prime and we wanted to follow it up with something a little bit different and we decided that our follow-up should be a web series, a bit of a different flow, and that ended up turning into a show called When Night Stands Fast. It's 
basically about a group of three individuals who, for different reasons, end up at this one special therapy method, all trying to cure this particular problem that each of them has. And they slowly uncover that this new experimental therapy is not what it seems, and they're the only ones who can do anything about it. This show is really just about how we process tragedy, how we process self-experience. And I think it's partially about, uh, especially in this day and age, seeing people's experiences and what they go through and understanding them, and just getting a better understanding of what causes people to be the way that they are. We released Bosch on Amazon Prime. Um, but we are trying to do something a bit more ambitious with this one. Uh, we can definitely get it onto Prime. We've already established a relationship with Amazon. Uh, but we're going, we have a, uh, a production company in Canada <clears throat> who we teamed up with. And so uh, in the fall, we're going to be working with them to pitch the show around and see if we can get it a bit, bit wider of a distribution and see if we can get a bit of marketing involved as well um, and really just go as far as we can with it. Uh, but yeah, Amazon Video definitely. And if not that, then something hopefully bigger. We needed a, a place for this treatment center to exist, and we thought the Homer House would be an ideal location, given who, you know, was running the treatment yeah. and the scale and sort of grandeur of the. Yeah, it's uh, kind of crazy you could find a place like this, like right in Belmont. We thought we were going to have to like drive like two or three hours, to, like go somewhere crazy, but yeah, yeah, exactly. instead we're literally, you know, At across the street from yeah. where we, you know, go to get grow up going to get pizza. Nobody reads Studios is the the sort of overarching name that uh, the three of us take uh, when we do productions and. Uh, We've uh, we've been making movies for about five years now uh, under that under that name. Maybe like 15, 20 years ago, something like this wouldn't have been logistically possible. But now with the internet uh, and kind of like the globalization of everything, we've got our like VFX guy in Arizona. We have people coming from all around New England to come act in it. You know, right. like yeah. they were really drawing from all over, uh, which has been something that's really cool. But something kind of realized like. You know, the world of like media and filmmaking has really changed in that sense. Uh, in that this something like this project is kind of de very 2019. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will see you again next time.